You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learned. Ardacha, Austin, Shadaki Zabir. It's infield to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Teller. Onside, 1 0. Blue fast shot. Oh my word. Unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And of course, Saints are off this week. It's been the international break. Players are spread both across Europe um, and at Staplewood getting ready for the return of the Premier League season and trying to qualify for the Euros. And hopefully everybody returns safe and sound back to St. Mary's uh, where we can get ready for the return of the Premier League, as we said earlier. But not all league football was off this weekend. And no, I'm not talking about our friends in the lower leagues who don't necessarily get the international break because none of their players go. I'm talking about the kickoff of the Women's Super League this weekend marked the opening round of fixtures for the league, and the league started off with a bunch of big derbies uh, played in, in many instances in men's grounds with uh, fairly full stadiums. And it's a and it's really nice to see the buzz and impact of the Women's World Cup kind of staying alive. And uh, to kind of uh, capture that and talk about that a little bit, I have this week uh, two members of the Southampton Women's Football Club. And uh, I say members, I'm not just talking about players on the field. This week, I had the opportunity to speak with Haley Newman, who is the club's media manager. So uh, all the tweets, all the website stuff, everything like that, all the interviews, uh, she does it all. And Philippa Holden, who plays as a midfielder for the club. So you can get them on Twitter at Newman Hay and at Philippa Holden. Uh, Links, of course, are in the show notes. And the club itself is on Twitter at S-O-T-O-N Women's FC. That's also the same address on Instagram. And you can get even more links on their website at southamptonwfc.co.uk. And it's always a pleasure to be uh, able to speak with anybody associated with the club and and to to be given uh, the opportunity to talk with players and learn more about their stories and uh, the manager and everything else. And and to find out a little bit more about Haley and how she got into uh, media in the first place and and about her journey to the club and everything like that. So it's been uh, a real pleasure, as always, to be able to, to sit down and do this. And they were kind enough to give me their time in the middle of a super busy week for them. Three games in seven days, including a midweek match against the women's team associated with Southampton FC. Uh, a nil-nil draw, but plenty to talk about and write about there for Haley. Um, and, and a tough match played at night uh, on Wednesday. And then they followed that up yesterday on Sunday with a trip to Exeter City where they came out, um, we'll say, winners. And by winners, I mean they won 8-2. to two. We'll just leave that there. All right. And so let's get to my interview with Haley and Philippa. And thank you again to them and to everyone at the club for allowing me to to talk and be a part of this. And uh, thank you to you, of course, for listening. And I will talk to you on the other side of the show.
I'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast two members of the Southampton Women's Football Club. Uh, and one works kind of behind the scenes and one is on the pitch. And we have Haley Newman and Philippa Holden here with us. And thank you both for joining the show. No, thank you very much. Nice chatting with you and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, pleasure to be on. Okay, just so the the listeners have an idea of, of who is who. Um, Haley, you are Club's media manager. You're on Twitter at uh, Newman Hayes. And I think I've, I've said that all correctly. Yeah, that's that's right. It's just a shortening of my first name. Appreciate that. And Philippa, um, can you tell the listeners just uh, maybe a little bit about what you do uh, on the pitch? Yeah, so um, on the centre mid, plays like a 10. Um, recently, um, from last season, I was playing at 8, so I was more of a box-to-box player, but far more attacking this season, which is good. Yeah, just loving it. Every every minute of it with our new, with new coaches and everything like that. It's great. Well, hopefully you bring some creative flair to this show because I tend to be uh, pretty formulaic, but we'll, uh, well, hopefully we'll, we'll, we can do it all. But um, just before we start, I always like to, to get an idea of kind of, you know, what life is like for you both in terms of uh, growing up and watching sport and things like that. And um, Haley, you have a deep, dark secret that I'm sure will come out on the show. Um, I wasn't going to bring it up, but people are, are asking about it. So we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, and um, so it's so just... I mean, I guess we'll start with you, Haley. Uh, growing up, was was sport in general a, a big thing in your home? And, and did you used to, I guess, go down to any other sport other than other than football and, and spend time at grounds or anything like that? Yeah, football. Um, yeah, football mainly in our household. Um, my dad's football mad. My brother's football mad. I think my earliest memories are actually more of my brother playing um, and also playing like um, football games on like the PC with my brother. Um, and growing up and then I got into, you know, going to football. I played a bit. I wasn't anywhere near good enough to really keep it up, but loved other sports. You know, I've gotten into like tennis, rugby, cricket. So um, if there's a sport on TV, I tend to will be watching it at times. Visited quite a few grounds sort of over the years. Um, love an away day. Away days are, are fantastic. Um, when there's a big group of you and best days of being as well at going to Wembley for cup finals. And then Philippa, what about, what about you? Did you grow up kind of on the South coast or, and, and go, or did you grow up somewhere else and supporting a, a different team? So yeah, I am, um, I'm, I'm a Bournemouth girl at heart. So um, yeah, obviously now I play for Southampton, but I'm from Bournemouth myself. Um, yeah, since I was about five years old, I started playing football Um I was like the only girl in my family until not very long ago. So it was very male orientated. Um, my dad used to play football. Um, I just was around football all the time. So it was just natural that I was going to be, you know, to take, I would take it up as such. So yeah, since five, year, five years old, I've just always played. It started off around Bournemouth area, um, played out as far as like Weymouth, which is more Somerset way it's quite a way like the opposite side of Southampton I guess um and then yeah I've ended up the Southampton area now um but yeah I've had a a, a funny career like I guess football career in here there and a bit of everywhere <laughs> I guess and I mean coming off of a summer where we all got to watch the Women's World Cup and and kind of take part in that I guess were you able to 
to, to spend time kind of watching that or in, in between kind of, you know, working and getting ready for this season and everything else. And then I, I guess, did you, did you notice kind of any, any more support for women's football in general uh, from the, the, I guess the general public over the summer? Oh, massively. Yeah. So obviously as much as televised, wasn't it far more than I think it ever, ever has been. So whether it be like, on the main TV stations, if it wasn't on there, it was always able, you were able to watch it over the internet or on your red button on the TV. So it, I watched, I know I watched as many games as I could and I, you know, it, it was a good standard. Um, I think it's done us the world of good and definitely off of the back of the World Cup, we've seen that women, it's grown massively, even in this short period of time, um, which is fantastic. Yeah, I can only concur with what Phil said. The Women's World Cup was fantastic. Um, I was like Phil. I tried to watch as much of the World Cup as possible. I think we had a family barbecue actually like one day and I was like sat outside with my laptop watching one of the games because I was like, no, I'm going to watch this. I I tended to have it on and generally the games were on pretty early in the morning, but then the, the later kickoffs would be about lunchtime and I would just, if people were in the house, it was just, I just, increasingly turned the volume up you know as they kept talking it was just like this ongoing passive aggressive battle of me versus everybody else and me wanting to listen uh or have it on so i i, I fully concur with you um there and of course england had a, a decent showing maybe slightly disappointing in the end in the way that it, that it happened against the united states but um you know i, I just think moving forward from that uh, the kind of expectation in the united states was to win uh, I think I think England had fairly high expectations now, and and I, I mean, I think it's actually fairly a smart move from the Women's Super League to um, to open the season kind of as we're talking. So uh, of course, by the time this comes out, though, the first weekend of the Women's Super League will be done. But uh, I mean, now they they are they have launched kind of the the the, the player so people can watch uh, matches. I've signed up, so I'll be able to to watch some of the teams um, be able to play. But um, I mean, just do you think that the this momentum? I mean, do you do you see it as, as continuing from here, or do you think it's more of a that because last time I think after the last World, Women's World Cup we saw it kind of this groundswell of support and then it kind of uh, tailed off. But do you think something's different this time? Yeah, the market's in. Yeah, the fact the fact that um, the clubs, the league, um, the mainstream media have gone. You know what? We're actually going to capitalize. We're going to going to continue the coverage that we were doing and doing everything they've they've done this. Um, you know, in preparation for the start of the season, um, it's been like building and building for the last sort of like couple of weeks for the Super League. It had to be done. And the fact as well that we've got um, several derbies now in that Super League. And I, I said it to some in the summer to a couple of people. It's like, if they do not market those properly, then they've lost out on something. Because as you say, the World Cup has been superb you've got these big derbies that are well known in the men's game and why not capitalize them on in the women's game? But also this season, like the derbies, they're getting played at the men's home grounds now. Mm-hmm. So that's a statement in itself, isn't it? That's, that's what um, the tier, the top teams are, are planning to do. They're trying to put women's football in the, in the biggest venue they can and get the crowds in and then, with the crowds comes the funding, the support, and it just goes hand in hand with one another, doesn't it? So I think the fact that, you know, you've got your United, your Cities, your Tottenham's, like supporting their teams um, and allowing them to be able to play in their, the men's home ground is a massive, 
massive boost for women's football as well. Yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be good, and I know that that some of the grounds have uh, have have made tickets very very affordable, and in some instances given them away, and and I think that's I think that's good because I think if people show up and you're in this giant stadium, and we we suffer from this in the United States, uh, the 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 MLS team that I, I support um, has just really fallen out with their fans, and and so you 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 watch a match on TV, and there's you know there's maybe eleven thousand people there, uh, maybe maybe six thousand people there. And is in a stadium that holds twenty or thirty thousand, and so it looks really bad, and it feels really bad. And then when you show up to it, um, it feels dead. So if they can fill the stadium initially and have those fans kind of their first experience of women's football be in a full stadium with a lot of atmosphere, then that's going to generate you know even more excitement and kind of build on itself, I think. And and then I don't think they'll have trouble kind of um, you know maxing out the the stadiums where they usually play their matches. So I think that'll be really really good because I, I I mean I think it's. I mean, we the women's football in, here in the United States, we have you know the best team in the world, and and we get you know very little coverage, different pay, and all that other stuff. It's 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 a lot different than than the men's game, which is uh, not as good after our three nil um, beating to, uh, by Mexico on Friday. So uh, it was not that uh, that fun to watch. If you were, uh, I, I doubt either of you were up, and I hope not. Anyway, um, so anyway, um, I guess I guess moving on. I mean, playing for Southampton women's and being involved with Southampton women's. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it takes a lot of time. I'm sure Haley, I think you, I don't know how you manage to do all of the things that you do. Um, but, but what do you, what do you do outside of, outside of this? What's, what's the day job like? Um, for me, I'm, I'm quite lucky in terms of the hours I work now. Um, I'm Monday to Friday, nine till five, but I just work in a generic call center dealing with people's insurance. It's nothing spectacular, but it pays the bills. Um, and the hours allow me to do what I do and to the high standard that I do it in terms of what you say about the amount of stuff that gets put out. If I was in different doing shift work, I don't think I'd be able to do what I do. The, it, it saves your creative energy for, uh, for the club, you know, but Phil, uh, what, what about you? What's, what's life like outside of football for you? So, um, Oh, I'm a store manager at Starbucks, so um, I run and operate uh, a store. Um, so yeah, it comes with its challenges. Obviously, mine's not quite like Haley's; it is shift work, which sometimes can be a challenge. But in it with football, but yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm lucky in the sense that um, you know you have to work hard to get to where you But I can I've now got to the point where you know I can do my rotors and stuff and allow to make time for football and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I could have sorted your caffeine fix this morning. <laughs> well, I will. I will keep that in mind next time I'm over. Yeah. Um, make a special. I, although I, I'll be honest, I try when I'm out in new places. I try not to go to a Starbucks, but sometimes you just need the, you just need the consistency that they it provides. Cause oh, it, yeah. Um, but I like to try local stuff if I can. But uh, you know, I'll make an exception. Oh, yeah. it's like, like local stuff, yeah. Supporting your local coffee shop is great, but you can't go wrong with Starbucks. No, so, so driving home or, you know, after a match or something, just finding that and going like, I need, I need that. That is, that's what you need. Yeah, so. no, it's all well and good, but until you turn into a caffeine monster like I am. Yeah. <laughs> how, on average, uh, how, how much, how much coffee or, or tea do you consume a day? Oh God, I try not to think about that. <laughs> um, I probably, I, I try to make a conscious effort to not have too much. So I try to like, maybe have like two to three during the day. Like, but I do have black coffee, so it's probably a bit stronger than, you know, like your lattes and stuff like that. So 
Yeah. But my pre pre match my pre match game routine is to always have a coffee on the way to football, so you need to get these little um rituals in your head, don't you? You just have to keep doing it. Otherwise it's bad luck. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh Haley, what about you? Are you coffee or, or tea or, or nothing? Um, I can't stand coffee. Um, I will drink tea. Um, I've been drinking that a bit more in the last couple of years, but generically I'm either water or sort of diet Coke or diet Pepsi. Um, that's kind of my drinking towel, but if I need a hot drink, it'll be tea in the winter or when I'm ill, I'll grab a hot chocolate. I do like a hot chocolate, but yeah, I'm generally water. Okay. My wife, uh, our first, the first time we sat down and talked before we were dating or when we started dating, we took, I, I worked at a coffee shop. She came to the coffee shop. She didn't drink coffee. Uh, now we're absolute, uh, addicts. It's, we have it all the time and it's, 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 we have an espresso machine in the kitchen. It's, it's a great, uh, I think it's fantastic. I don't think the kids, there's no counter space cause it's because of the machine, but it's all right. Um, but anyway, I mean, obviously you're both uh, kind of involved with Southampton women's football club and I mean, how did, how did you, what was the journey like to get there, uh, for you, Haley, um, coming, uh, from a different postcode, we'll just say that and, uh, moving <laughs> over to, to the team, what was, uh, you know, how did you get involved with the media stuff, um, in, in general? And then what led you kind of to the Southampton women's football club? I've kind of always wanted to pursue a career in sort of sports journalism. Um, when I was at school, I loved writing and I kind of like figured from there, I was like, I want to be a journalist. And then I saw that, you could do sports journalism at university. And I was like, right, yeah, that's the course I want to take. So I did that. When I came out of university, um, I couldn't find work. So I got involved with a a radio show in Portsmouth uh, for Express FM, their grassroots football show. And I was going around to various local football teams um, as like a roving reporter and doing bits and pieces for them. And I got involved with um, Portsmouth Women. I was covering a couple of their games um, for the show. And then I was on the actual show itself as a co-host. And when that short show came to a sort of an end, I got asked by the then manager of Portsmouth Women, uh, Perry Northeast, to come in and be their media officer because they wanted just left that summer. Um, so I started with Pompey um, and the role grew very quickly. It was sort of, I went in just to do some match reports and some post-match interviews and it just grew and grew to the sort of things I do today. Um, I was with them for just over two years. And then in sort of November 2017, if I get my years right, um, I was given an opportunity to go to uh, Chichester City Ladies. Um, I knew the assistant manager at the time, who's our manager now, Aaron. He'd gone to Chichester, um, talked me up a bit, and they got me in there. And it was a great project. Uh, the 18 months I spent with them was superb seeing the team develop. Um, and like when Aaron got made manager to sort of see his progress and what him and Lee and the other coaches did at Chai was great. And I was able to put that out on social media um, in my role. You know, they gave me great work. You know, um, everything that I put out was through their hard work. Um, and then, in this summer, Aaron moved to um, Southampton. And again, because we've got such a great working relationship, he sort of said to me, would you like to come and join us at Southampton? And I was like, you know, he set out the plan that the club had going on. And I was like, you know what, that sounds fantastic. I want a piece of that. Um, and it was a new league for me um, to see some new teams. 
new grounds, new faces. And I thought, you know what? Yes, let's, let's get involved. All right. All right. And uh, you, you put out a tweet recently. I just want to kind of follow up on it. It says, it says, most of the media officer role is actually admin work of updating stats, information on the website, and not a lot of article writing, interviewing, and filming that you think. And because we see all of it, but I think we... I think everybody looks at it and says, you know, oh, I'd love to write the articles and I'd love to, you know, uh, film and then cut the film and then, you know, put it up on YouTube and do all this stuff. And like, that's all the fun stuff, right? Like that's the, the, the show that people listen to now. This is the fun part. It's, it's the, all the other part of like trying to find stats on, on, you know, for me, uh, even uh, something I wrote over the, over the last week, I got, I got some stuff wrong because I just couldn't find the proper information um, so, so you have like all this other stuff to do, but like, uh, what are, what are some of the kind of the behind the scenes stuff that people don't recognize about your role? Um, I think it's the information finding, like when you're trying to say, right, a preview, which, um, I've got to do for our game tomorrow against Exeter. Um, you know, it's finding the stats about how that team got on, who, what players have come in from where, cause especially if some teams, you know, because we're very much in the women's game, everyone's volunteered. So not everyone has um, someone like myself doing their media. So they're just sort of, it might be the secretary that's just posting on Twitter or Facebook to say, oh, our next game is, you know, this Sunday against so-and-so. Um, so it's it's finding all that information. So, you know, and then what I've done for the last couple of clubs, for all the clubs I've been with is I started recording sort of like the stats. So I've got like the appearances and goals minimum for like, those players so that I can work from that so that when suddenly a club posts, you know, this player has reached their hundredth appearance, mm-hmm. it's because we've had to search. And to be fair, those records aren't necessarily always accurate because I've had to go off of the full-time website that is used by clubs to record their fixtures and the stats for clubs. And you don't necessarily know how accurate those are. And they only go back to, I think earliest on some of some of the leagues is about 2005 and all some of those stats aren't necessarily recorded to their fullest. So you can only go back so far. So you could say some, someone's got the highest appearance record for a club, but actual fact, it could be someone else, but you don't have the records for them. Um, but it's keeping everything up to date. Yeah. At the moment, the website that we have for Southampton, I think it's, the, for the websites that I've dealt with so far with the three clubs I've been at, it's the one I've had to do the most sort of manual updates for it. So it's like there's just say for the first team alone, the um, the league table that appears on the website appears about three times. Each one of those I have to manually update. Oh, no. um, every, <laughs> so, so it's like things like that. So trying to remember that. I mean, at the moment, I'm doing it. I'm, I've been able to like keep it up to date as best as possible. We'll see how up to date it stays, say come December, January, when we've had all sorts going on. Um, the fixtures are normally the, the biggest one trying to keep hold of that when someone's, when you sort of tweet out saying, oh yeah, we've got, you know, Buckland on November 11th, um, for example. But, and then someone goes, oh, hang on a minute. Didn't you actually supposed to have Cheltenham? And it's like, yeah, it got changed. Cause you know, weather and mm-hmm. cut runs and god knows what else yeah and, and pitches that can't be played on and everything else um yeah there's so much to it and, and phil uh, in terms of your you're coming to southampton um you, you mentioned you started playing kind of early on and your family was pretty 
uh, sports, I guess, crazy. Uh, what what led you to to play for Southampton Women's? Yeah, so like, I it was how it how I came across Southampton Women's was actually I was playing for another team in Southampton called Solon, uh, Team Solon. And um, we played Southampton Women's one time, and we got absolutely battered by them. And I thought, do you know what? I would love to play for them. And then, oh, that must have been five seasons ago now. So I, I finished the season with Team Solon. They're a great, great team. Um, but I just wanted to play at a higher standard. I wanted to, you know, push myself as much as I could to see what standard I could get to um, with a team that was succeeding and you know winning their games and just a good setup generally so I trialed for them and then obviously I got in but I, I that was like I say this is my fourth season now with Southampton and um it was a bit I've had a bit of a roller coaster journey to be fair like I started off as a reserve player for my first season so um yeah I, I had to fight to make my own little place in the team like so when I my first season I was in and out of first team but I was a reserve player actually under Smithy which is our new manager now I've actually he's actually coached me before which is great um he's obviously come back now because it it's good to see how much he's grown as a as a coach and a manager um it's great Uh, he's done such a good job um and then the season after I um, became a first team and then I've been in first team ever since. So um, it's just nice to see that, you know, you, you started off from like a reserve player and now you're starting 11, 90 minutes first team against, you know, playing against teams that are absolute quality, like, you know, playing against Southampton on um, Wednesday. Like, it's good to see you've come from A to B. Yeah, yeah. Um and I, I guess I, I have a couple of questions in terms of, I mean, you've been around for a while now and then Haley, you're, you're kind of new to the setup. And I mean, coming into this season, Haley, how long did it take you to kind of figure out, you know, what this team was about in terms of what their ambitions were and things like that. And how, I guess, coming, I guess coming in from the outside, like how, uh, I guess, recognizable was that ambition right from the start for you? Um, pretty much from the first conversation um, Smithy had with me after he had made his decision um, to join. So he sort of just told me the club plans, the club vision, which is really what sold me on coming to the club. You know, I don't, you know, the, I've moved clubs twice now and I don't just move for the sake of moving. Um, there's got to be a reason behind it and to see Clubs that have got ambition, they want to move up and they've got um, structure in place. That's what you need to have because there's not much money in the women's game. So you need to be able to be uh, sustainable because otherwise you'll go by the wayside. You know, unfortunately, unfortunately our ne- local neighbours, Southampton Saints, they folded in the summer um, because they couldn't sustain the team um, any longer. So it was good to sort of see that and it was from as I say, from that first conversation with Smithy. And then I met um, other members of the club, Amanda and Elliot. Um, and it just sort of like went from there. And it can, you can see that everyone's going, you know, we want to get this club up the levels as far as we can. And, and Phil, I mean, for you, having been there now for a couple of seasons and gone from reserve to first team player and, and really, I think, uh, 
kind of a almost an everyday starter. Uh, I, I think you probably show up expecting to play and, and you've earned that spot. But um, now, I mean, has there, has there been a sort of a change or, or do you feel like through all of the coaching changes and everything that's happened at the club, like that the, the vision has kind of remained the same in terms of what the ambition is? I think our, our ambition has always been the same. And it's, you know, you don't play football at a standard that we do just to enjoy it. Every single one of us, in the team, in the squad, you know, throughout the club, we are there to get promoted. We're there to get promoted next season. We, you know, our ambition is to, you know, is to get into the championship. Like that's where we want to be as as a club. That is our, you know, our, our not our, not even our end point, but that's where we want to get to at the moment. Um, and that's not something that's changed. You know, um, it's just something. You know, it you. You have different people and they have different influences. So Swifty comes in, a new management with, you know, Lee and all the staff he's brought along, like with um, Hayley, Craig, goalkeeper coaches. It just reinforces what where we want to get to and they see things from different angles and different perspectives. And they just, I don't know, they, we, we obviously... Last season, we wanted to get promoted. We didn't quite make it. So they're just making tweaks. And hopefully this season, obviously, um, we obviously want to get promoted again. But <laughs> maybe this time with the experience they've had playing in a, in a higher league, I don't doubt that we will get promoted. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's always been there. It's all, all of the players know that, you know, that is what we need to do. Um, there's not a single person on, on in our squad it doesn't want to get promoted. I, I personally don't see the point in playing football if you don't want to do your best and see how far you can go. But it's good to have a squad that thinks exactly the same as one another. And I think that's really important. And, and would you say that, that that mindset is pretty consistent across the squad? Like everybody's there to not just to, to play and have a good time, but, uh, and of course, I mean, enjoyment is, is a part of it, but um, that, every, but that we say that every member of the squad is there to, to, to kind of, push forward and, and get promoted and uh, are willing to work as hard as, as possible to make it, make sure it happens. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. The girl, we, we are all on the same hymn sheet. Like it's been good with Smithy coming in and, and Lee and, and like I say, with Haley pushing it on social media. Cause I think that's a side as well. That we've not really had um, until this season. Like it's been there, but it's not been anywhere near um, as publicised as this season which is good as well but um, no all the girls are there we're all here for promotion that's the reason why we we are in the squad I, I think if you we it's too tight to you know if you weren't wanting to get promoted I, I would doubt you'd be in the squad sure sure so, I mean can we can we talk a little bit about now I guess the just the start of the season the season is still kind of young of course um but you've played uh some extremely important matches already and, and people should be kind of just reminded that uh to get out of this league uh to be promoted to the third division it's only one team in the entire division gets promoted so you have to win um and in recent seasons it's meant that you know a single loss or a drop point is is all it takes to kind of take you out of the running for that um and after several successive promotions, you guys have been. This is this your third season in the in the division? Yeah. So I mean, 
you, you rode that and you, you guys kind of ran up the leagues and now you're here and, and you've been extremely competitive in the league, but, but the, the setup is, is difficult. But, um, I, I guess for, for both of you, just seeing the, the kind of the, the, some of the teams you, uh, that were chosen for friendlies early on in the season, uh, both Tottenham Hotspur and Oxford United, uh, those are, are difficult matches. And I mean, what was it, what was it like, I guess, for, for you, um, Phil, to, to kind of line up and play against those teams? And then for Haley, um, you know, going, I guess, going away to Oxford and, and seeing kind of what, I mean, were there major differences between what you see at home and what you see in the league versus what you saw when you, when you visited there? Yeah, so playing against like Tottenham Hotspur obviously was absolutely surreal. They're a professional team, it's their job. They train twice a day, so um it was nice to see what it would be like if you would if you were to get to that point, like that's what I would always dream of, like being a professional footballer and getting paid for it would just be incredible. Um and then to see it actually happening and then you're playing a team of outstanding and calibre where they've got international playing against people that have been playing at the World Cup is crazy. Um, and obviously we knew it was going to be a, a tough game. Um, but it, the experience, I don't think a single one of us walked off that pitch thinking, God, that was awful. I think we all relished it. Like it was just amazing to, you know, be able to play a team that has just got the staff set up. The players were just amazing, and and I don't think we embarrassed ourselves. I know it was like what, like seven nil or something like that. But you know what? I'll take that. All of us worked as hard as we could. I think we done ourselves proud. Um, I don't know what you think, Haley, but I was pleased with the team. I think um, it was a great team building game. I think we all just pulled together. Yeah, the Spurs game. It was definitely a new experience for the team because you are playing. While Spurs are only just going up to the Super League, they had spent something like three or four weeks prior to that game just together in training. Um, as Phil said, training twice a day, like about five days a week. So when they turned up, they were fit. I mean, some of those players had already been playing Super League level football anyway for like a couple of years. Others had been at least at the Championship. So they... You know, they weren't they weren't amateurs. They knew what they were doing. The setup when they turned up on their bus, I think they had half a bus full just of like their staff and like all the gear that the staff brought with them. Um, you know, they took about they took about ten minutes, I think, just to, ten or fifteen minutes to like, you know, clear it all off the bus to get it into the changing room. But yeah, no, it wasn't an embarrassment from the team at all. You know, when you look at the standards, you know, tier one versus tier four, it. You know, the team gave a good account on, account on themselves and got unlucky a couple of times. There was a couple of breaks for the team, I think. I remember you know, screaming from the stands for, like, Jane to, like, very close um, to having a couple of short shots at goal. And as well, um, we, you know, Rose Kite as well. It was her first game for the club um, that day, and she very much announced herself that day. She pulled off some amazing saves, you know, when we confirmed that she had signed for us I think the following day, suddenly everyone was going, yes, superb, superb, superb. And they forgot about the scoreline because they remembered all the saves that she did make because then they were looking at going, actually, what this team could do in their own level was is going to be good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess watching from afar, I mean, obviously I don't get to see uh, a lot of the matches, see highlights and stuff, um, but 
you know, you see the score line and you see that and then you you realize that there's a lot more that's happening, you know, beyond the score that that and I think you guys have nothing but but uh, you should do nothing but hold your heads up high for for the the way that match actually went because I don't think the score line is is an accurate kind of representation and and I don't think it's you, anybody's let it kind of um, you know impact them negatively because you came out uh, after that and you you had wins against Kent and uh, Moneyfields and then you went into the league and and the league has gone you know well so far the league and the league cup so far um, and and you talked about Rose Kite and I think that this is that's as good a segue as there is in, in terms of getting into Wednesday where um you know that you guys played a, a extremely competitive uh high quality match under the lights and um I think Rose came up big a couple of times uh especially late uh took a I don't know what was happening there towards the end with that with the, the Southampton forward uh deciding to to do that but um Anyway, I mean, can can we talk about that match a little bit and kind of what it what it meant? What what was it like uh kind of leading up to that especially midweek and uh I guess in in the old ground where where you were playing beforehand? Yeah, I think it was um you know, I think midweek games are always there's always a lot of hype about them around them anyway. Um but for then it to be against the you know, Southampton, a newly promoted side. Um you know, the girls the, the talent they've got in the squad is obviously is very is very good. They got again England international. They got a young squad, but very talented squad. Um, a bit of sweet, obviously playing at Tottenham because it, it was our home ground. So again, that you know, it pushes us to you know try harder. Um, not that we don't ever not try hard, but I think it puts the ball in our bonnet a little bit more. Um, and you know, we always want, we always want to win our games. So I think we probably wanted to win that one a bit more. Um, but yeah, I think on on Wednesday it was a tough game. It was, it was evenly matched in the first half, um, I would say, and then in the second half, half we we had a few injuries. It was it got a bit tough. Um, but the, we, we're lucky to have such a a strong squad in the in the sense like you know you got you got Rose and Gar, who's insane like insane like she pulls off the best days like she's such a good uh, signing for our, our team and then you've got Lauren Cheshire you've got Gracie White you've got Lawrence Clark you've got Emily like the signing Smithy's made this season has just bolstered the, club, uh, the squad and um, yeah I think it was obviously we didn't want to walk away with a draw um, but at the same at the same time like we, I think we've we done well given the circumstances yeah I mean away to to a team that's has to be one of the favorites you know and 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 getting that out of the way early uh midweek when you know i think that that's good you, you'll take a point there i think and and hopefully you know when they come to you you can uh you know you can you can kind of get the gain an advantage over them there and and for now you'll have to go and play you know kind of the rest of your season and and just try, I guess, you know, not to, not to drop any, any, any points, but, um, Haley, you, you, you often, I think don't get nil, nil draws, um, in no. at this level. And, and for you, I mean, that's, that's everybody in, in, in America's biggest complaint about, about the sport is, you know, nobody scores. And then by the way, we opened the American football season with, um, uh, you know, a 10, three absolute bore snooze fest, uh, on <laughs> Thursday night, but, um, and that good for everybody. I, I didn't watch it, but good for them. Um, but 
for for you with that match, I mean, there was a lot going on for a nil-nil, I think. Yeah, certainly. I was very much sort of like um, sort of busy away on sort of Twitter for those that weren't able to get down to the game. Um, it's, it's definitely my my first um, nil-nil that I've experienced in women's football since I've been a, a media officer. Um, but it wasn't a it wasn't um, a bore at all. You know, there was attacks both ends. It was very um, it was a very counter-attacking type game and. Um, I think everyone, the whole crowd that was there, I mean, over 500 people turned out for the game, which was incredible for Tier 4. Um, you know, there's some teams, I think, in the championship that would love those sort of figures um, for attendances. But, um, yeah, it certainly wasn't a, a, a poor game. It was it was played in good spirits from both sides. It was, let's say, very attacking from both sides. Uh, the second half, the... Um, the other Southampton, they've sort of grew a bit more. I think, as Phil alluded to, a couple of the injuries that we got, I think, didn't help us necessarily. Um, and they had players on the bench. They've got England youth internationals just all over the place, all over that team. And then they've added to that squad this season with some experience to the youth. And, you know, Marianne, she's doing a, a decent job there, but they do have a, a very good budget to be working with. So you would expect them to be fighting up the other end of the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I guess looking at the table uh, and looking at the other teams that are around, um, Phil, does anybody else jump out at you as, as big matches that are kind of circled for the team? And I realize every match is important because you can't afford really to drop them. But I guess I don't want to say who else are you worried about, but who else are you looking at and going, you know, we have to make sure we we bring it that day? God, we've got a tough enough ahead of us. <laughs> um, we've got the top five in the next, you know, few weeks. So we've got Exeter on Sunday who are top of the league. Am I right, Ailey, there, Fox? Yeah, top yeah. and goal difference. Yeah, top and goal difference. So, yeah, that will be a tough game on Sunday. And then I think the week after that, or oh, we've got Cheltenham coming up. We've got Buckland coming up. You know, we dropped points against Buckland last season, so... They're not ones to be overlooked. Like we just need to remain focused and just take every game as it comes. Um, but yeah, it's do you know what? I think this season more than any of the other previous seasons, it's a bit more wide open. I think last season it was just between us and Keensham, but then there's far more teams in the mix this season. So like um, Cheltenham have signed Kerry Bartlett, who scored like 60 goals last season for Keensham. So yeah, I think it's going to be a, a, a weird long season ahead of us. And you know what? We just need to pick up points against um, these teams. Don't drop any points. So, yeah, like one point on the on the, on Wednesday, you know, not, not the three we wanted, but that's what we need to do to keep ticking because these teams will be taking points off of each other, left, right and centre. So we just need to focus on ourselves and take every game as it comes, really. Yeah, and I, I have to say I apologize for kind of we're scheduling this during what is potentially the busiest month for you uh, possible with with games um, every weekend plus a, plus a couple of midweek fixtures. So uh, I appreciate you guys taking the time to to do this. Um, I mean, in in terms of like a a match day, um, Haley, what what is a typical match day? And most most of your matches are played on Sunday two two p.m. kickoff, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, local time and uh, what does a typical match day look like for you and, and then on top of that do you have kind of any routines anything you have to kind of do to get yourself ready for to, to cover the game um i don't really have any 
sort of like routines to get myself ready. It's just making sure I've got everything in my bag um, to go. Um, I think everyone knows my, my backpack particularly is very heavy. I often say that I've got half a PC world in my bag um, <laughs> when I'm going to games. Um, so it's just making sure I've got everything in terms of social media wise. Um, I try where I can to sort of schedule certain things so that I don't have to worry about them. Um, so like the initial match day posts in the morning, um, getting that ready, like with the way social media is now, it's allowing you to sort of schedule tweets and schedule posts on Facebook. So I can kind of post them up and not worry about the fact that I need to put them up in the morning, especially if, um, you know, it's a, an early start, which um, we have got against Exeter. So I'll be trying to make sure I get everything scheduled, um, trying to get the information I need from the coaching staff about who's in the squad. So I've got that for the lineup. Um, and then it's just home to away games are very different. Obviously away days, it's depending on how long the away journey is on what we're doing. Uh, home games, you can be quite set in a way. So it's just getting to the ground um the sort of home games we've had so far I've been able to be quite sort of chill when I get to the ground I've been able to just sort of sit there doing a couple of things and even prepping for like the next game we've got afterwards so getting like those sort of posters up and ready so that um try and see like when we get to like the full time for our game I can go right you know this game's over but remember we're going to be home again on this day um so I've got the, I have the plan in my head it's just it's sometimes it comes out a little bit different <laughs> you can't find and do stuff on Sunday, Hayley, don't you worry. <laughs> and then, and Phil, like, I guess what's a, I always am interested in, in the kind of the match day routine for you. So like, um, on, on, a t- like for tomorrow, uh, of course, when people hear this, the game will have passed, but, uh, getting up on a Sunday or does your, does your routine start kind of, kind of Saturday night as a manager, do you try to schedule yourself off early that night or, or how did, how did, what does your kind of routine look like? Yeah, so, well, I normally always put myself on the morning shift on, like, a Saturday, for example, so I've got, like, the evening to chill. Um, obviously, make sure I have something good um, to eat on the, the night before, so just make sure that I'm, I'm prepared for tomorrow. If I've been in midfield, I do quite a lot of running, so I can't not eat anything or I need to make sure I'm fueling my body um, properly. And then, yeah, get a good night's sleep. Um, but, yeah, I wake up on the, on the Sunday and I just, you know, you have, have, have my breakfast. Um, I like to just, I don't, I hate rushing. Like if I get right, if I'm rushing, I'm so stressed. So I just um, leave them plenty of time to get to like the meet point at like Fleming Park where we uh, get the mini bus or whatever. And yeah, as long as I've got my coffee, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> and and what's it been like this season? Um, Aaron spoke kind of about the, how important he felt the, the team traveling together was. And I know in, in past seasons, it's been kind of get there on your own and, and as somebody who's coached um, teams where we've had, you know, kids' parents kind of sh- dropping them off, uh, you know, 16-year-old kids and having to drive three hours to a, ma- a game and, and waiting for them to get there and having kids get stuck in traffic separately and get separated and all this stuff. Like, how important has it been to kind of have the the team bus and, and that kind of experience for for you to be prepped and ready? And, and has the vibe changed from... You know, just having two two of you in the car, maybe driving by yourself uh, to a match. Yeah, it's definitely changed massively. So I think this season we are, we are like a really close knit team. Um, and yeah, maybe that is partly to do with the mini golf and stuff like that. But obviously, Aaron being Aaron gets us to do all these women silly games on the bus, like singing. 
and stuff like that <laughs> which he obviously loves but for me I'm, I'm not really I'm not very good at singing so it's <laughs> not really my forte but no all of this brings the squad closer and um you know you could all be the best players but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to all gel on the on the team mm-hmm. on the mat on the pitch sorry so you know all these little exercises he does we've done team bonding um sessions like with the navy stuff like this it all, it all helps and you know what we we are all gelling as a team more so than i, I would say in the past couple of seasons which is great and he's doing something right which makes me change <laughs> and then Haley, you're on the on the bus as well um and you put out a tweet uh, at the beginning of august uh, i have nabbed it and I, I tend to do that uh phil you don't tweet a lot um so it was difficult to go back and find things to embarrass you um, um so what's that i need to get better i keep getting told off i don't <laughs> do what you want. It's a start. The Twitter can be a, a, a nasty monster if you let it be, but uh, I think you're fine. But Haley, you said uh, you think you finally found somebody, a team whose musical taste you can handle in away days. Um, so I, I guess who's who's in charge of the stereo on uh, on on the bus? Um, I think it changes sometimes. I mean, I haven't. I think I'm generally on the bus most days on the way back, just because of the way um, sort of like getting. We want to make sure that. He, the players are on the minibus rather than like the sort of staff. So it's like the players and I think at least sort of Smithy and sometimes Lee are on there to get that sort of camaraderie going because they're the most important guys. Um, but I think it varies from sort of like a couple of the players. They bring the sort of a speaker or they have it going through their phone. Um, but yeah, it, I do still stand by that tweet. Um, I think that was on the way, way back from, I think, uh, the Kent game. Um yeah. But yeah, it, I think for me as well, it was more um, these guys, they they actually allow a song to fit, play right through. Um, I've spent like the last four years list, only listening to like a third or a half of a song. Oh my gosh. And it's, and it's like, especially when they finally find a song that you like and you're like, oh yeah, okay, I'm getting into this. And then it cuts off because they want to, someone suggested something else and it's like, okay, I'm just going to listen to my own stuff now. <laughs> I'm, that is the my biggest kind of pet peeve. Uh, it's the thing my brother and I argue about the most because he cannot listen to a full song in the in the car. It's it, he has to change it constantly, and it it drives me it drives me nuts. And I just get like I just say like you know what annoys me more than anything else in the world. And he goes like oh yeah when I change the song constantly, and it's just like so I I get it. I don't want to tangent mm. there, but yeah I, I totally totally understand that. Um, and I don't know like I have been since I've started following the team and, and I, this has been, I think you're, I want to say four that I've been kind of uh, around or watching or maybe you're three, but it's the, the team has always continued to impress me and continue to grow. And kind of, sometimes I wonder, you know, how, like, can, can, can you get any better and can the, the team kind of do more and every season uh, you, you tend to do that. And uh, Haley, you've done that with the social media side of things and Phil, I think the on-field product has only gotten better and getting to know some of you and kind of, uh, you know, following along on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Um, the, the things you guys are doing just not on the field, but also just in, in your personal lives is all, is all great. And I think it's, um, it's truly a pleasure to be able to, to just be a small part of it and, and talk to you here. But, um, I, I guess for you, you know, we talked about ultimately promotion being, the, the goal and it's going to take a lot of work and it's, it's not something that happens overnight. And 
it's going to require kind of a lot of, of, of patience and diligence on, on your part and, and the rest of the team. But for you to uh, coming into a new season, I guess, do you have personal expectations, personal goals that you set out for yourself in terms of, uh, of what you expect from yourself? Or do you sit down with the coaches and do that? Or do you just show up kind of every day and say, I'm going to give the best I can. And these are things that I need to work on. And, and this is how I'll do it. Or kind of how does that work for you? So my, like my personal goal is to, 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 to continue pushing myself to see where, you know, the highest standard I can play football with, uh, at, sorry. Um, yeah, and, and with Smithy coming in this season, we have six weekly, like, um, development programs, which I've never had before with the team, which is um, obviously great because it means that Smithy's given me feedback on what I need to approve, improve on, what I'm doing well at, um, and it gives me direction, so it's really um, important that you know I continue working hard um, to continually improve and my, uh, develop myself, pretty much. But no, I'm, I think I feel like I've come into this season far fitter than I ever have been, which is which is great. Um, and I, I just I you know, I just really love playing for this team. I, I love all the girls, um, you know, all the volunteers. Everyone behind the scenes is fantastic, and yeah, obviously I, I I want to do as well as I can for myself, but also just to you know say, say thank you. I, I'd love to get promotion and just thank everyone for getting us to where we are because it's not just the players. You know, yeah, we're the ones that kick the ball around, and score the goals to get promotion, but without people behind the scenes like Haley, Amanda, you know, you got your secretaries, your finance, you got everyone there you've got child protection we've got our youth squads now and, and without all of this set up like we would be nothing so for me yeah obviously personally I want to continue playing at a high standard but I'd love just to get promotion and just be like yeah there we go that's like that's a thank you for all of you, everyone's hard work in particular Amanda for all of, I mean I'd hate to do what she does and I don't know how she finds the time but yeah um I'd just like to thank everyone for like what they've done for the thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Amanda has been invaluable in my ability to kind of stay in contact with the club and, and do this because she's been there through kind of all of the coaching changes and, and, and everything yeah. else that's gone on. And and so I, she's been a huge help. And um, I mean, th- honestly, this season, Haley, you've been a, a huge blessing to me because it's been so much easier to communicate with you and and not put, not feel like I'm putting the extra burden on Amanda. Uh, I do feel bad putting it on you, but um, knowing that Amanda has a kind of all of the other stuff and me not wanting to do that to her, I appreciate uh, we've been in contact uh, quite frequently and I, I appreciate uh, you being willing to to do that and, and kind of put up with my questions and, and my scheduling and, and all the other stuff. So it's been uh, just a, a thank you to you. And, and as you said, Phil, it's to gain promotion and just to be able to thank all the people that, that have helped you get there and help the team and made sure the team is still around. I think that's, that's a huge part. And, and, and a big part of it is also uh, the sponsors for the, for the club. And um, I know that at this level, you, you all rely on sponsors. The club relies on sponsors. Um, and I don't know, Phil, um, if you want to tell everybody who is, is currently sponsoring you or are you currently looking for a sponsor and, and how do people, how do people deal with that? listening and they want to you know sponsorship they want to sponsor me then hit me up <laughs> and get you sorted. i can head you to the right part of people but um no obviously it's tough to find a sponsorship um 
but you know for players and for and for the team as a as a whole um it is hard but you know we'll get there we will get there definitely sponsor phil one of the good ones yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> so we will uh of course put your contact information and everything in in the show notes and then also um you know the email for Amanda Burroughs, the club secretary so if we're interested in doing that we can we can drive people there and, and they can they can get in touch with you and, and Amanda and Haley and get it all worked out. But um, we have a couple of questions from a couple of people who have written in um, and actually one for each of you. Phil, we'll start with you. It says, good question for Phil. How much time during each training session do you spend fixing your hair? Well, I can imagine that this was Smithy sending this in and my reply to that is, Nowhere near as long as you spend time doing yours, Smithy. <laughs> so, right back at you, mate. Sounds like extra sprints. Um, <laughs> and uh, Haley, it says, question for Haley. Uh, I think mm-hmm. this guy didn't say, don't say my name, so I will. Uh, it comes in from Craig Burns. Uh, <laughs> and he says, as a diehard uh, Pompey fan and a season ticket holder, uh, how hard was it to convert yourself to saying the word... Uh, those words for the Southampton postcode side of Hampshire. Not hard to be fair. And when the Pompey side of me, the fan of me is very much sort of like going, no, don't do it. Don't do it. But the sort of media officer professional is like, it, it doesn't matter to me. And then, and when I'm in this role, I'm very much a professional, you know, I'm, you know, I want to be doing this full time, getting paid to do it. So you know, there's nothing wrong with saying the word Southampton, you know, um, you know, it's what you do. Um, so it wasn't hard at all, but, uh, you know, Craig, Craig can talk. He's another Pompey fan. Um, in fact, he's got it, um, written on his body. So, uh, I'll throw that back at him as well. <laughs> oh no, that's, that's no good. I mean, I, I wasn't going to say that, you know, we have a, 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 somebody born in Bournemouth. We have a, a Pompey season ticket holder and and me and we're sitting here and none of us are originally from the Southampton postcode talking about Southampton so, so I guess there there it goes but um and I think we, I was going to make a joke earlier about you know we have another midweek kind of a uh derby local derby coming up and that, that will be uh, interesting but we maybe we just agreed not to to talk about that for today uh we'll just leave it alone um and, and in terms of you being a professional with uh being able to say Southampton uh generally when I type uh, Portsmouth or Pompey, I don't type the O. I type an asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. I don't know how to say it instead, um, just so nobody can search it and find it. So uh, that's my secret of being not uh, not professional and I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, sometimes I've referred, I'm shortened it over t- um, to Sotten a lot of times, so S O T O N over the years. But, um, you know, I've got used to Southampton. I'm at the club, but it's no skin off my nose. That's right. That's right. Um, well, I mean, I've had a, this has been a pleasure for me to be able to do this and sit down with you, with both of you and and talk about this. And I think the, I mean, the season is a long season and it's, it's going to be at some point a grind and and getting up and and doing it. And they're going to be, I think the weather's been fairly nice. I think it was a little cooler, um, midweek for you too. But, um, I think at some point the weather will turn into normal kind of English weather and, uh, it'll be, it'll be cold and wet and, and everything else. And you'll have to kind of go out and do it and, and not the nicest of conditions. But, um, I don't know. I, I just wish you, you both 
all, all the best uh, going forward. And I, I, uh, Haley, I can't stress enough how much I enjoy uh, just following along uh, on Twitter and, and being able to see the, you know, the post-match reactions from the manager and from some of the players and then being, having access to the match reports and then the, the photo gallery and all that other stuff that, that goes into, you know, running the club in a professional manner. Um, as someone who obviously I do this show, there's a lot that goes on that nobody ever notices and nobody, you know, if you talk about it, it just sounds like you're complaining, even if you're really excited about it. So you don't talk about mm-hmm. it. So I know that there's, there's so much there and, um, you, the, the weight of your backpack is, is definitely one of those things that, uh, I, <laughs> I understand. Um, as somebody who tried to take all of their podcasting stuff uh, across the Atlantic ocean and the entire United States when I came over. So I, I get it. So, uh, I can't thank you enough for, for everything that you've done and, and Phil for, uh, going out there and doing all of the running, uh, midfielders are something that I never want to be. Um, so thank you for doing that. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I just, I just want to say, say thanks again. Cause it's, it's been, it's been great. Like, thank you for having us. Um, really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having us. It's a uh, great what you do and to sort of especially highlight, um, us, our, our Southampton women's team. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have to try Sometimes I get a little bitter, uh, at the other side because it, of how it all went down, but that's, that we'll, we'll, we'll leave that out. But, um, <laughs> I do That's have another one, podcast. Yeah, yeah. I do have one more question for each of you. And I tend to ask this question to, to all the players that come on. Um, you know, I used to say partially because I have a daughter and I, and I, I want it, but I think this is for everybody. But uh, Phil, I mean, you, you've made it to this level. Uh, and of course, you have had to kind of start at the reserve team and play at a team that was not quite at this level before. Um, but I mean, for you, if if you could look back, I guess, to yourself at, at a younger age, you know, what advice would you give yourself or, or anybody else that's trying to, that wants to play at the highest level they can? Like, what would you say uh, to them to kind of, uh, that they should know, or maybe just to give them some encouragement? Just to always, you know, try your hardest. I think sometimes people, if, you know, you think you could be playing at a higher standard, but you're not quite late, you just need to keep plowing through it. Like, no, you're not going to get anywhere about without hard work. Um, even if you have talent without hard work, you're not going to get very far at all. You just need to put in the time um, and just keep going. And if you've got competition, then take it on and prove that you're the better, you know, you're the best there to be for the position. And you just need to keep continually pushing yourself, trying to improve, get fit. And then, yeah, it all falls in place. All right. And then uh, Haley, I mean, for you, for somebody looking to get into to sports media, uh, has, has there been any advice that you've been given or anything maybe that you've learned that you could pass on to somebody looking for that? Cause I know that, that there are a lot of people who pop up who want to do that sort of thing and they start writing or they start doing this or that. And then they find it to be, you know, maybe not what they expected. So I mean, is there any advice you have for anybody out there? I think what you just said there is not what people expect. I think it's a big one. I think when I was at university, one of the things that, um, our lecturers, sort of drilled into us a bit was you don't get into sort of journalism for the money because they sort of say like your starting salaries aren't necessarily like the the brilliant figures that you know you might see some of the sort of like the top journalists or top um sort of pundits um do earn um so that's kind of always stuck with me especially as a volunteer because I'm very much not getting any money the same with any everybody at the club and for anyone wanting to get into it, I would say do exactly what I'm doing at the moment. 
get the experience with a local club. So even if it's not football that you're not a, um, a fan of, but if you're like any sport, go and find your local club because I'm sure they would absolutely love to have someone come down and do something that's promoting their t- game, even if it is just writing a report on what happened in the last game, you know, doing interviews. You can start off small. You can literally just be doing reports and interviews and build from there. Like, seriously, there are so many, um, even in, say, the Southampton area, there'll be so many local clubs that you can go and help. Um, you know, football, as I say, other sports. Just go and get that experience talk to people, you know, other journalists, get advice, um, go and do work experience for your local paper, because I've done that. I've gone and worked for the um, Southern Daily Echo, the, the paper in Southampton. I've worked for the paper in Portsmouth, the um, Observer in Chichester. I've done bits and pieces for them. It all adds to your CV. It all adds to your portfolio. And you'll get feedback. Um, take the feedback as well. Take the good, take the bad. Um, I'm always asking people, you know, when people – um, sort of say, oh, that didn't look quite good or um, that didn't quite work. I'd take that on board and go, right, well, what can I do next time? Rather than just constantly getting the, oh, that's fantastic, that's brilliant. You know, I, you know, it's great getting that positive feedback, but where can I learn from it? That's what you need to do. And it's take the knockbacks as well. Um, I think we're in a day and age where people don't like being told no or they're not good enough. You know, you have to include everybody, but it's where do you learn if you don't fail? Yeah. If you're constantly on a high, when you get that knocked back, you could probably set back ages because some people are too used to being told they're fantastic when actually they might not be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And and I think I think you bring up a really good point there. It's um, you know you're not going to start a, a, a Southampton podcast or a Portsmouth podcast or any podcast for anything and, and, or get into sports media and immediately be sitting down and publishing pieces for the guardian or get hired by the athletic or anything like that. Like that's not how it works. And, and that doesn't even necessarily have to be the goal. You know, it's just, yeah. you, you got to do this because you love it. And, and Phil, I think you play football because you love it. And you know, promotion of course is, is the goal and, and pushing yourself to get better is the goal always. But, uh, if you don't love it, it'll show. And, yeah. and, and I mean, I, I think Haley, like the doing all of this stuff that you do, you're doing it, you know, to build your CV and all the other stuff, but that's not the main reason. If you didn't enjoy it, if you didn't love it, then it, it, it would show in the work. And, and I think that it's, I think the, the, the level of dedication and the passion that's both on the pitch and off the pitch for, for everybody involved in the club is, is truly astounding. And it makes, it makes doing this just the absolute best thing. So, um, you know, I think sometimes yeah. people get, people get, uh, uh, you know, I guess a bit cynical about, about football and it's nice to see that, uh, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. There's so many people involved in women's football. I mean, the privilege I've had working at, um, three clubs now, I've been able to see so many different people that, invest so much time so much of their own money into the game to make it a better place i mean um <laughs> i hate to keep on bringing up say portsmouth but when i was at um pompey ladies when I'm, in the beginning they had a um a gentleman david coyle who's sadly no longer with us but he spent 25 years at that club doing absolutely all sorts he used to like just for training he used to go around the city collecting the girls and making sure they got to train in. He would take them to match days. Um, and, you know, he was a, a, um, a warden and awards 
for like long standing achievements in the women's game by the FA um, a few years back. Um, and that was very well earned. And in fact, it wasn't just Portsmouth that nominated him for that. It was uh, another club. Um, but it's, there are so many people that do so many good things in women's football and they go underappreciated. I mean, you, you thanked me a lot for what I've done, but that's because it's on show for people to see. There are so many other people that do tiny little things for the club, um, for Southampton, that I don't even necessarily know who they are and what they're doing. But if they're listening, thank you. I mean, I've only been at the club for, like, for five minutes, but I know that there's people out there that are doing some fantastic stuff and making sure that I can do what I can do, Phil can do what she can do, and, you know, gives, um, you know, Smithy and Lee the opportunities to do what they're doing as well to coach the team. Sure, sure. All right, well, um, if people want to get in touch with you two, specifically on Twitter, they can do that at Newman Hay and at Philippa Holden. Um, the club's website is uh, southamptonwfc.co.uk, and that link is in the show notes. Uh, for sponsorships and everything else, you have all the links down there to get in touch with people. Um, and I mean, you guys are doing great things on and off the pitch and, and I wish you uh, the best and I look forward to kind of catching up with hopefully, uh, uh, some more of you in, in the next couple of weeks. And, and, uh, thank you again for your time. Thank you thank- very much. Yeah. Thanks for having us. That does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Haley Newman and Philippa Holden. You can find them on Twitter at Newman Hay and at Philippa Holden. Once again, links are in the show notes as well as those links for the Southampton Women's Football Club. And thank you to everyone there for allowing me to be a part of such a wonderful club uh, and just uh, be an observer and be somebody who uh, gets to, to talk and learn a little bit more and educate myself and hopefully others on what's going on uh, locally in Southampton with one of the oldest football clubs in the city. If you're interested in sponsoring a player or the club, please get in contact with the secretary, Amanda Burroughs at secretary at Southampton WFC.co.uk. Uh, that is the best person to contact in terms of uh, setting up a donation or a sponsorship for the players who at this point still have to come up with some funds in order to be able to play Uh, because things are not free. And you heard Haley, of course, talk earlier in the episode about the Saints Girls and Ladies Club folding the summer due to funding and other issues. Uh, So we don't want that. And uh, the Southampton Women's Football Club is doing a lot of good things in the community, a lot of good things for women's football in general. And so uh, I'd like to make sure that all of those players have the ability to uh, show up and play each and every day, not have to worry about the financial uh, cost of, of playing. The show would not be possible without guests like Haley and Philippa, would not be possible without listeners like you, and it would not be possible without the help of the partner page of the show, the Southampton page. It's where you should go for all your Southampton FC news and needs. Additionally, the logo for the show is done by Matt Beeling. The music comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games and the end of show credits that may be ending somewhere around now. Uh, or maybe it's still going, I don't know, is Amos True by Poddington Bear. If you want to get in touch, you can do that on Twitter or Instagram at 
S-F-C-D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. You can also get in touch with us on the website where you can sign up for the newsletter and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And I'd just like to thank you once again for listening. We'll be back next week to talk about Sheffield United and we'll talk about whatever happens between now and then uh, with the team. So uh, until then, thanks for listening and remember that together we march on. We lost her. Ew. She is not on the call. Oh. It's probably the best question I've asked the entire time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>